What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three best friends with nothing better to do. I'm Austin Terry, and Queen is my favorite band. I'm Keith Baker, and I may or may not know the rules. And I'm Matt Johnson, and my friend Austin is Zack Snyder's biggest fan. On today's show, we'll be celebrating the one-year anniversary of The Arnie's. But first, Matt, we just released our latest episode of Co-op Couch. Remind everybody what that is and what we discussed on the latest episode. Yep, Co-op Couch is our monthly gaming series. It's where we just talk about anything new and exciting when it comes to video games in general. It's typically Austin and I. Keith hops aboard every now and then. And this month, we talked about all the gaming news for May, and we broke down our initial thoughts on Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah, that episode was super fun. Matt and I are huge Mass Effect fans, so we had just a great time breaking it down. And Keith, next week, we are back to our newest bonus series. Please let everybody know what we will be covering. Yeah, so we're going to be back with a new bonus series. We will be following Loki. That premieres on June 9th. Those episodes will release every Wednesday um, on Disney+, Plus, and we will be covering them, and our reviews on them will be out on Fridays. All right, and with that, my friends, it's been a year, 52 episodes later, and here we are. We've discussed so many topics over the past year, from the DCEU to Star Wars to Bond and literally everything in between. We've had so much fun putting the show together, and the three of us kicked around a ton of ideas about what to do for the special anniversary episode, and I gotta say, I think we landed on a pretty fun show today. We're going to open up the show with some general discussion about the podcast, some of our favorite episodes and moments, and what we hope to do in the future. And then we've combed through the Arnie's archives and found a script that the three of us wrote together back in 2011 when we were all still in high school. We're going to close things out with a table read of this very script, and it's going to be bad. It's not a good script, but it's also going to be a lot of fun. Matthew and Keith, any thoughts before we dive into this week's episode? Uh, Yeah, we wrote that script back in 2011. I did not realize it was as long as it is. I thought it was like a two-page Word document. Turns out it's more like six pages. But yeah, I'm excited to read it. I know there's going to be some, lots of funny moments in it, for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't believe it's already been a year. Time has really just flown. I've loved doing the podcast. It's something we had tossed around doing for a long time and just never pulled the trigger on it. So I'm glad we did. It's been a blast. Looking forward to more. As for the Under Pressure script, I have not read this thing in... I've, I probably haven't read it since we finished it. I don't know if I have. So it's been a long time, probably close to a decade. Um, I'm really nervous because <laughs> we were dumb kids back then. So who knows how this script will reflect that. But like he said, there's got to be some funny laugh out loud moments in there. Even if it's just cringy, we'll have some good laughs. Yeah, the under pressure script is something I always just kind of go back through my email to make sure it's still there. I never want to lose it. It's, I always, it's always fun whenever I stumble upon it. Um, we've kept it around all this time, and it just seems like there's no better way to break it out, dust it off, and uh, and read it for today's celebration episode. And as for just the podcast as a whole, it really has been so much fun. I also cannot believe it's already been a year. Time truly has flown by, and uh, I can't wait to see what we do in the future. So with that, everybody, we're going to roll some segue music. And when we come on back, it's going to be time to celebrate one year of the Arnie's. All right, guys. So we're going to kind of keep this intro a little bit more casual than we usually do. 
I just kind of want to know, like, when we first decided to start a podcast, what were kind of your expectations going into this thing? And how have they shifted the more we've recorded and kind of become more experienced being on mic? Oh, man. That's a, it's kind of a tough question. I'm kind of, since it has been a year, I really didn't, I don't know if I really thought too much about it. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do a podcast. Honestly, I don't remember us, maybe you guys have more recollection with it, but I don't remember us talking about doing it so much. I just remember Austin called me one day. He's like, we got we got podcasting equipment now. I was like, oh, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> and then we started it up. And then I thought it was going to, I didn't know it was going to be like a weekly thing. I didn't know we were going to have a schedule. I, I, I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're just like, this is something we're just going to try out. But then it ended up becoming what it is. And um, yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I guess to just kind of elaborate on that, because I don't know if we've told the story on the podcast. I know, uh, I think for me, I've definitely had expressed a lot about wanting to start a podcast. It's just been something, I love podcasts and, and I just love the medium and, and it's always something I wanted to do. And last year for my birthday, my wife actually got me the podcasting equipment and built the Arnie's website for us. So she kind of was like, here you go. You know, you have no excuse now. You have to at least try it out. So that's where the podcasting equipment came from. So it was it was really cool of her to, to kind of do that and kind of push us forward into this thing. Um, I too, Keith, like you, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. I kind of always thought it would just be like, hey, we'll turn on a mic and uh, and that's really it. We'll, we'll record it and put it out there. Uh, I, I think we were all a little bit naive about the amount of work that goes into actually making a podcast. Like you said, Keith, we had to develop a schedule and, and you know, the outlines, I think, as we've gone on have become more and more detailed. And then just like editing and marketing, it also is it's a lot more work than I think we all realized. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't really remember. It, it definitely wasn't a long process. Once we got the equipment, we really got started pretty quickly. So we didn't have much turnaround. I think a big part of that is because of starting during quarantine. So it kind of just gave us the push to finally do something that we had talked about. We weren't doing anything else. And this was last June. So it was definitely a time where you really weren't going out at all anyway. So why not? Um, and yeah, I'm just really glad we did it. And when it came to what I expected, I'm kind of with you guys. I mean, I'm just such a big fan of podcasts and I'd wanted to do it for a while, but I I thought it would be as simple as kind of turning on the mics and just going. And maybe in the beginning, that's what it kind of was because we've kind of changed all of our setups and the mics and our filters and all that stuff since. So we've certainly gotten better in a pretty short amount of time. And I, I think we also kind of thought that it would be a lot more um, impromptu and conversational based on conversations that we have all the time. So it, it took a little bit to kind of get used to uh, this kind of structure and kind of took a long time for us to figure out how we wanted to actually put together our episodes and how they should be laid out, how we should move from topic to topic. And that was something that evolved into what it is. And I think we really made something special. So it was definitely a lot different than I expected. And I'm really glad where we're at. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you brought that up, Matt, because I think all three of us were a little bit naive where it was like, hey, we have funny conversations all the time. We have fun conversations all the time. We'll just record it and it'll be easy. And I, I think we all kind of thought like, we don't have to script anything. We'll just go in. The conversations will be casual. And uh, I think it really shows in our first episode that we didn't really prep before we recorded. Maybe we watched the movie, but that was really it. And I, I think eventually we realized like, look, we're actually going to have to, you know, make an outline, not script everything, but a lot of the things we want to talk about, we are going to have to write down and really uh, prepare before we record. And, and I think once we all kind of got our heads around that is when when the show really kind of started to, to take off and improve from there. 
Well, yeah, and technically, if you guys remember, we actually have only one, and it was our first, so I guess that's a win, but we do have technically an unreleased episode because we knew we were going to kick off things whenever they announced the Snyder Cut, so it's like, well, we'll do an episode, like, series on Man of Steel, BVS, and a theatrical cut before that comes out. Of course, we recorded for, like, I don't know, probably three plus hours trying to talk about three movies in one. My fire alarm went off during it. Yeah, and Austin was like, we can't we can't do this. So we actually ended up recording it again where we did individual episodes on each of the movies. So there is one out there that's just like the Snyder Cut, four hours of us trying to figure out how to talk about <laughs> all these movies in one go. It's funny how the outlines have evolved over a year span. Like I mean, When we first started, you know, like with Man of Steel especially, our first one, we were breaking everything down like scene by scene. Uh, I liked how we I like how we do it now. How we all like we all three bring our own thoughts um, that like of, of things that stood out in the movie for us, and then we you know just discuss it from there. I'm really glad we started spending more time on um, like trivia and and production stuff too, because those are the conversations that the three of us really do have. Like outside of the podcast, we all love movie fun facts. We love talking about like behind the scenes stuff. And so I'm really glad we started dedicating time each episode to, to kind of have those conversations before we actually get into breaking down whatever it is the topic is for that week. And like you said, I, I think if we hadn't figured that out early, some of our probably our highlight episodes and series and all that wouldn't have happened. I mean, if we had stuck to doing that many movies or TV shows in one conversation, I don't think we would have ever figured out to do the Star Wars like series or the Bond series unless we had like segmented them out to be just one movie per episode. So I'm glad we figured that out early because it led to some really good content. I think also, Matt, I think we probably would have burned out pretty quickly. I remember when when we first started this thing, I read that the average like amateur podcast doesn't make it past, I think, episode six. Um, and, and so a lot of people start podcasting and, and it burns out pretty quickly. And so I think us realizing really early on that we had to change some things and, and actually like make it easier on ourselves before we start recording. I think that kind of helped with some of the burnout stuff as well. Yeah. And it helped yeah. that, and I don't want to like make light of the situation, but it did help that we were in a pandemic kind of thing where we, we were at home for more than we would have been in, in our normal lives. We kind of threw ourselves straight into like podcast boot camp, but we were like just pumping them out. Oh, for sure, Keith. I mean, our, our tagline literally is nothing better to do because during quarantine, we had nothing better to do than work on the freaking podcast. So it was yeah. like we might as well just put a lot of our time and energy into it because we have it right now to really get this thing started. Yeah. So we already mentioned it, but like when it comes to mindset, how how was it? Because since we did start during a quarantine, I know for me, it kind of gave me an extra thing to do during the day, gave me another reason to talk to you guys. So it definitely, I think, was good for like mental health and just outlook and just trying to stay positive during a pretty scary and unknown time. What about you guys? I think it helped a lot too with connectivity, um, especially at the start of, of the pandemic. Like Everybody was trying to find new ways to hang out with their friends in, in ways that they normally can't. Um, all three of us live in different parts of the country, of course, so we don't see each other too much. But especially during quarantine, without like us traveling home and seeing each other, like I think this really helped a lot too, because it because we really do just have like a weekly scheduled call with your friends, and so that that was a really great thing, especially at the start of the pandemic, because it, honestly, it's been great like having a scheduled video call with you two every single week. Like it's something I really look forward to. Yeah, same thing for me. Yeah, I mean at that time when we first started it, uh, I was out of work. I had just lost my job in Austin and then moved back to Houston, so I was like. Just working on, you know, 
finding jobs and, and real estate classes and all that. And then other than that, I had nothing else to do. I had no work keeping me busy. And I'm the type of guy that has to be productive. So I'm like, I, had, I was glad I had this outlet to go watch movies and put my thoughts on it and something to work on. And then at the same time, yeah, like you said, Austin, it was fun because I got to reconnect with my buddies while I'm doing it. And and also for me, I uh, I, I didn't know how much time editing takes. I, I edit all the episodes and um, especially at the start of quarantine and COVID, like when you're just at home all the time, it's like, well, you might as well edit because there's not really anything else to do. Um, so having something to just kind of occupy time and keep you busy other than just like sitting around doing nothing at home, like like that was really helpful for me too and for my mental health as well, especially at the start of the pandemic. So what do you guys look for in a good podcast? Like what are, the, what, what are some of the favorites you guys listen to? I know for me, it's, it's Joe Rogan, a lot of the comedians. Uh, every now and then I'll go in and uh, and listen to some like sports podcast. Just depends on the week and how busy I am. I'm really glad you brought this up, Keith, because obviously all three of us are inspired by other podcasters. For me, my favorites are um, for sports. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Around the NFL podcast. For gaming, I'm a huge fan of the Besties and, and just the McElroy family in general. A lot of the way they do some of their shows has inspired kind of what Matt and I have done on Co-op Couch. And then also just for like news and politics, I'm a huge fan of The Daily from The New York Times and then uh, the Pod Save America crew as well. Nice. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of a mixture then. I, I mainly listen to uh, comedians or I listen to, I guess, like gaming or movie TV adjacent type stuff. So I listen to like all the kind of funny podcasts. I listen to uh, Fun Houses podcasts and their film podcast and then for like the comedian side i really like people like bobby lee and andrew santino so i listen to tiger belly and the bad friends podcast so yeah those are just at least the big ones that i'm at least listening to once a week yeah so talking about our favorite podcast what elements from those good podcasts you know um do you guys think inspire our episodes here in the arnies and how it's helped us you know grow in this past year I just think we have really good quality. I think we have good sound. Um, I think we sound good whenever I listen back. I'm always impressed at just the quality. I think our editing that Austin does is top notch. And I also just think our initial thought of having a more conversational, less structure, I, I don't think that would have worked. So I think another thing that we've taken that certainly has helped is um, ideas for structure. And I think we really have found something that works super well for us and the audience seems to like it too. So I think the way we kind of lay everything out has been working really well. I also don't think too, I don't hear a whole lot of other movie podcasts touch on like the general critical reception or box office figures to the extent that we do. Um, and that's something I really enjoy that we do on a week to week basis is I like bringing in uh, what kind of the professional critics are saying about a movie and then comparing that to just kind of like what the three of us think about whatever it is we're talking about. I think another thing we, we do really well is we bring a lot of comedy to the table as well, especially when we're reviewing these movies. We're not just like droning on and on in a monotonous way to make it like a serious analytical uh, breakdown. I like how we actually just keep it light while we're talking about these things. Yeah, I don't think either one of us like really takes ourselves too seriously, and I, I like that we can have fun on this show. I don't know how you feel, Keith, but I, I think a lot of that comedy and uh, knowing how to get me and you to laugh, I think a lot of that really comes from Matt. Matt is just so good at keying in on things that he knows is going to make the two of us laugh and, and then uh, kind of play off of him as well. For sure. Matthew's our, our the comedian out of the three of us, for sure. 
He actually was a stand-up in college. I try. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. No, we have a good time. I think you're right. I think just any time we can go for the joke, we all do. And I think we know how to make each other laugh. So, I mean, that's we, would, we wouldn't do this podcast if it wasn't fun for us. So we kind of have to do that, too. And it, I think it's helped contribute to kind of our style and just, you know, our podcast in general. And that's kind of the agreement we made, too, Matt, when we started was as soon as it stops being fun is when the three of us are going to stop. Um, on that note, though, I just kind of want to know before we get into Under Pressure, uh, what are some of your kind of favorite moments or episodes that we've done on the show? All right. So I think my favorite episode, because I just didn't expect it to be as good. I thought it was going to be kind of bland. Um, but then we all three watched the movie and were surprised at how much we didn't like it as much and there was just so much comedy gold and we were laughing the whole way is the kickoff to our star wars series with a new hope <laughs> our review of that movie had us busting out laughing and that was a highlight for sure 3po 3po one that was i think turned into a great episode and also has a special place in my heart because we did something different with it was the palm springs review oh i was gonna say palm springs matt because uh, that episode will always stand out to me because it was the first time that we actually experimented with like what you could do with editing. And that episode, you know, Palm Springs, of course, takes place in a time loop. And, and we decided that that episode is going to take place in a time loop. And I just really think it like kind of opened, especially my eyes as the guy who edits this podcast, you're really open to like, hey, we can be adding in like effects and, and really playing around with how like a typical podcast would flow. Uh, so, so that episode will always hold a special place in my heart. I wish we had recorded that one on our current mics because uh, I think it would sound so much better and hold up better. But yeah, I, I love I love that episode so much. I was actually going to bring up that one too. That's one of my favorites. But yeah, we should definitely do that again. Yeah, it kind of told a story, which was really cool. I mean, we did an actual review, but there is a beginning, middle, and end in terms of like a story, like, like a through line throughout, which was really crazy and really fun. What about you, Keith? How about you throw some out there? I think the uh, bracket episodes have actually been some of my favorites as well. Mm -hmm. It's a good call. I think I get so excited uh, for those, especially like the preparation for those. It's a lot longer because we have like a list of 12 movies to watch. You're preparing for those for like a month watching the movies. And then when we get to it, I just can't wait to like see what the outcome is going to be and how the battles are going to go. Those are good palate cleansers too, I think, Keith, especially for the three of us because it is different from the normal episodes. Um, we, we get to have kind of more fun, I think, on those episodes because we're arguing with each other and, and all of us have you know, different tastes in movies. So I'm always super excited to go into those episodes and be like, I, I don't know who's going to vote for what here. And uh, I, I think the outcomes, sometimes I know exactly where we're going to go. And then on other episodes, I'm just so shocked at where, where they end up. Uh, as far as other ones, yeah, I enjoyed all the Star Wars ones because, I mean, I grew up with Star Wars. Man, one moment that still sticks out in my mind is probably one of the funniest moments, though, was uh, when we did Skyfall and Macaulay Culkin was in... <laughs> the Skyfall Manor as James's uh, housekeeper or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was our fan fiction. One of my favorites is uh, it's a bracket episode, but the movie scores. I had a lot of fun with that one. It was fun because we can't play the actual movie scores on that episode, so we had to go find some free use ones, and I think that lended to some really funny moments. Yeah. Um, the Interstellar one was literally just a single note that droned on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, D and D guys, that was yep. super fun. We of course had our special guest, Dungeon Master Nick. Um, our first time ever playing Dungeons and Dragons. I have actually gone on 
to continue playing with my in-laws and my wife. Um, so we've, we've had a lot of, that's kind of become like a family event for me, um, after that episode. And I always love episodes where I can go in and and play with the editing and add in like effects and and like add to the, add to the podcast. And so editing those D and D ones for me were super fun because we were kind of creating our own story and, uh, and I just had so much fun recording and then also editing those episodes. For sure. For sure. I think my favorite ones are always the ones that just have a different experience attached to them. I mean, because we do so many episodes where it's just like we watch a movie or a TV episode or play a game or whatever, and then we just get on the mics and talk about it, which is fun. But the ones that there's a little bit more to it always stick out to me. So like all the ones you guys have mentioned fit that category. A couple others I would mention that kind of fit into that would be um, a series that we will be bringing back soon. So look forward to that, everybody. But our favorite movies, uh, which basically is a format that we tried out where we each pick one of our favorite movies and then the other two have to watch it, whether they've seen it or not. And then we just all hop on and talk about it. So we did one of my favorites, which was Cloud Atlas. Keith and Austin, it just worked out perfectly. Neither of them had ever seen it. And we talked about it. And I was scared that they would hate it. It would just be kind of a miserable podcast. But you guys really ended up, at least you guys really liked it and were really intrigued by it. So I I was just really kind of gratifying for me in that way. And that episode, Matt, before we actually went into it, I really was unsure in my mind if you picked that episode just because you wanted to force me and Keith to watch a three-hour movie or if you actually loved it. And then whenever I actually sat down and watched it, I was like, oh, I can see why Matt really loves this movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, speaking of three-hour movies, another one of my favorites was for a four-hour movie because we all kind of put our headphones on and got in a call and we watched Zack Snyder's Justice League together. And then uh, we talked about it the next day, I think. So that one was fun because we got to enjoy it and laugh at certain moments together. So we kind of shared that experience. Speaking of the Bracket series, I kind of singled out the best holiday movie and the best best picture as some of my favorites. What about Halloween, though? Halloween has they're the best all, They're all great. I think they all are really good. Those were just my two favorites, but I love the Halloween one. I don't even love sports movies, but I love doing that one too. Movie scores was great. Rom coms was super fun. The sports one got a little little brutal there. <laughs> yeah, that one was that one might be like low key the hardest one, honestly. And then the last one I put on here was more kind of it just made me happy because it's been a year and we put out an episode recently that I think is just maybe our best episode. And it was our Army of the Dead review. And I think it's just kind of symbolic of how much we've grown and how better we've gotten, because I think that is just a great podcast. Not even I wouldn't even say it's like one of our best. I think it's just a great episode of a podcast about a movie. So, yeah, I really like that. And then also I wanted to see if you guys had like Keith, you mentioned some, but some favorite podcast moments. Because I made a little list here, and they're pretty short in general. For example, finding out how much Keith really hated Wonder Woman 1984 was a highlight for me. Um, Just in general, making fun of Mark Hamill throughout our Star Wars series was good. I think binging The Haunting of Bly Manor so that we could review it a couple days later was really good. I was going to say you mentioned experiences, Matt. Uh, I know we didn't watch Haunting of Bly Manor together, but I think just the fact that we all had to start that one on a Friday binge it all to record on a Sunday. And I think just the fact that we all knew that we were all doing that that weekend, I think made that episode really fun. And uh, and it, it also was like a really great way to kick off the Halloween month too, especially still being uh, in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I also, to close out, I put my two favorite Austin quotes. Um, 
Austin's response to the fact that in Justice League, Aquaman is never near water. He said he doesn't even use his powers. He just brings a trident and falls a lot. <laughs> and then, true. of course, I thought true. I thought Keith was going to say it earlier when he brought up Skyfall. But of course, I think the hardest I've laughed throughout this podcast was at the end of the Skyfall episode when Keith and I learned that Austin was really un- uncomfortable and bothered about the shaving scene because <laughs> whenever uh, <laughs> Money Penny shaves him, he describes the cream as dirty. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. We still got No Time to Die coming out. I don't know when, but... uh. <laughs> Speaking of that, though, Keith, I, I did make a note that I think our best series, or at least my favorite, is our Daniel Craig Bond series. I think that might be my favorite. I think those are all really good. That's my favorite series, too, for sure. It's Bond. Um, I will say I have a favorite Matt moment, <gasps> and it is Matt complaining about why Kyle Chandler is not in more of the MonsterVerse. <laughs> I don't know why, but something about Matt's little rant in that episode just makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. I think Keith's, like I said, I think me realizing in the middle of an episode how much like disdain Keith had for Wonder Woman 1984 was really special. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, I-, I know we are all kind of privy to our future schedule. Is there anything that we have coming up that you're really excited. Uh, we are we are going to move pretty quickly into the uh, table read here. But I just want to know the future of the Arnies. We're not going away anytime soon, as far as I know. So uh, any, anything you're looking forward to coming up? I'll say I'm looking forward to the Loki series. This is our longest break we've had, too, from doing a bonus series. So I, I'm excited to get back to that format, too. Yeah, and I'll be excited when uh, the Mando comes back, too. I think I'll, I'll give some specific examples and then... A general thing. So I think the specific ones I'm looking forward to is, like Austin said, getting back into that bonus series format. It's always fun with Loki. That'll be good. One that I forgot. I didn't. I mentioned it, but I didn't realize how close it is. But Keith, just in a couple of weeks, we're doing our favorite movies, and you will be tasked with picking one. So I'm excited to find out what you pick. Yeah, I'm excited. I need to. I need to pick a movie. I have a few that I'm uh, tossing around right now. I'm just not sure if I want to pick a newer one. Or maybe one of my old go-to movies. Okay. All right. I'm excited. Um, and then, yeah, my last two, I think I'm really excited to do the best comedies bracket later this month. That'll be fun. I know we've wanted to do that one for a long time, so that should be a highlight, I feel like. And then kind of after wrapping up the MCU Phase 1 retrospective and review series, we're doing John Wick next. So that's, some, that's coming really soon, too. And then as for just my general excitement, I think now with getting vaccinations and COVID, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, obviously kind of uh, being in the rear view, if you want to put it that way. I'm excited for opportunities for us to see movies in theaters, which I think will provide more of a experience that we can translate into the podcast itself. And I think in the future, probably not too far, far away from now, we can probably record in person here and there. So that should be good too. Recording in person will be a real treat, especially because we don't get to see each other in person a whole lot. Uh, Matt, you nailed it for me. I am so excited for John Wick. Um, I think it's going to be kind of like Bond. It's not really like nerdy in the way that like Star Wars and the MCU is. So I think it's going to be kind of a nice little treat in between um, some of our other, you know, look backs and, and retrospectives that we've done. So I, I can't wait to do John Wick. And then now you mentioned the, our favorite movies. I, I'm really excited to kind of be on the other end of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to get to my favorite movie. I still don't know what I'm going to pick yet. but I And then I also can't wait to kind of bring that series back 
and do and do another round of it after we get through the three of us. So I think those are really great filler episodes. And lastly, I'll say it's not till the end of uh, 2021, but Dune. Uh, I'm excited just to see Dune. I think it's going to be a crazy experience, and, and I can't wait to talk about it on the show. For yeah, sure. That'll be cool. I'm excited it. for that one. Okay, guys. Well, I think we also do need to take this opportunity really quick to just say thank you. Um, we really have had a ton of fun putting this show together. So thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Check this out, given given this show a chance. Uh, it, it really has been so much fun. And, and seeing kind of our download numbers increase every single month has been really rewarding. And uh, we can't wait to see what the future holds for this podcast. Yeah, same here. Just thanks for listening. That's all I can really say. Um, we've had a blast doing it. So the fact that people actually seem to care and like it and listen every month is just super exciting. So thank you. Not much to add there. Thank you from me as well. All three of us also know that this has just been a really hard year for everybody. So the fact that we have an opportunity to kind of uh, come into your your headphones, if you will, and, and maybe make you smile every now and then, I, I think we all really appreciate that too. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And with that, we're going to roll some segue music. And uh, when we come on back, it's time for the table read of a script that we all wrote in high school. We'll be table reading our zombie movie, Under Pressure. Okay, my friends, let's get into our table read today. Our working title is Under Pressure. Matt, I think I would love it if you started us off today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our main characters? All right. Well, our characters, of course, are Riley, Bruce, and Frank. Some strong names. So, Under Pressure by Queen plays as the opening credits appear. A truck is seen traveling down an empty road. It is apparent that there are three teenagers in the front of the truck and a stranger asleep in the back. So, I mean, right off the bat, we're starting off with some lofty goals here because we thought we were going to get the right <laughs> to Queen's Under Pressure <laughs> to play for the opening song of our movie. I mean, might as well um, go as big and dream as big as possible. Do you guys think maybe, you know, if we don't get the rights that we can maybe get Zack Snyder to fund us a uh, alternative a oh, uh, Under Pressure cover? Okay, all right, all right, we'll do that. There we go, problem solved already. So, the vehicle comes to a stop as a group of zombies are seen eating a body in the road. Riley, Bruce, and Frank exit the vehicle. Riley grabs the gun from under the seat. Frank grabs the shovel from the bed of the truck. And Bruce grabs his baseball bat. Wow. Then the three of them kill the zombies, and Riley kills the infected man. The screen goes dark, and the words, two weeks earlier, appear... The scene opens with the three friends walking down a dock, joking and laughing with each other. It is revealed that the three have spent a week away from home at the lake with no cell service, and seemingly, they are out of contact from the real world. Um, no way anybody would ever do that. <laughs> they don't have service for a week. <laughs> oh, man. The friends pack up and head home, promising to do it again soon. On the way home... They attempt to get the radio, but no station will work. Thinking a storm must have knocked out the radio towers, they plug in an iPod and continue to drive home. An iPod? <laughs> they all try to reach their parents to let them know they'll be home, but no calls will go through. A little worried now, they each get quiet alone with their private fears <laughs> of what could have happened. <laughs> what of what could have happened private while fears. they were gone. 
Yeah, I guess we should also say that uh, I guess it's kind of a script, but there's no dialogue, so it's just uh, <laughs> that we have to say stuff like that. They're just quite alone with their private fears. So, with what could have happened while they were gone, and they finished the drive in silence, Riley checks his phone and finds a very short message from his mom saying they're leaving and they don't have a choice. She starts to tell him to go somewhere, but the conversation gets cut off abruptly. The three become noticeably worried after listening to the voicemail a few times, and they continue the ride in silence again. <laughs> yeah, they've continued in <laughs> silence several times. They enter their hometown and find a mess. Trash is everywhere and there is smoke on the horizon. There are signs everywhere with the words evacuate and stay away from the infected written on them. The first stop the trio makes is Bruce's house. No lights are on and his whole street is a mess. The three enter Bruce's home to find furniture overturned, the sink full of dishes, and blood on the walls. Bruce searches the house for his family, but all he finds is more mess and blood. He begins to become distraught and starts to fear his family could be dead. Hope is gained, however, when he finds a note from his mom saying to get to the evacuation site by any means necessary. She's left him the family handgun on the table. They pull into another neighborhood and find it completely dark. None of the streetlights are on and it seems completely deserted. They enter Riley and Frank's house and find it a little bit more organized, but still noticeable that a struggle has happened. Riley finds a note from his parents saying they had no choice but to leave and the evacuation happened too quickly for them to get a hold of the three. The note continues that they need to get to the coast to be taken to a fleet of ships that have been declared a safe zone. There is another part of the note saying to arm themselves with whatever they can, and the only way to truly kill the infected is to destroy the brain. The three stay the night in the house. After a sleepless night, the three wake up and try to eat, but none of them are really hungry. They are all still in shock from the previous day's events and the new world they've been thrust into. They decide to head to the safe zone despite how long it will take them to get there. They grab a few weapons and the gun. Even with the disappearance of their families, none of them really believe they're going to have to kill anything. They walk outside and see all the stuff they missed while it was dark. They find blood in the streets and the bodies of three people with apparent damage to their heads. The three stop to look around and then begin to walk back to Frank's truck. One of the people on the ground stands up and begins to hobble after the three friends. They start growling and they get faster and faster. Frank turns around, only to be tackled by the creature. He screams while it tries to bite his face. He yells at Bruce to shoot the thing. Bruce hesitates, but then pulls the trigger, shooting it in the shoulder. The shot doesn't even seem to face the creature, and Frank yells, The head! The head! Bruce, pull the trigger! And of course, Bruce, being the hero, does. Frank gets up a little dazed by almost being eaten. Bruce is in shock after what he just did. Bruce starts to say something when Riley cuts him off, saying to turn around. Bruce and Frank turn to see a few more zombies headed their way, and the three realize that the gunshots must have alerted all these other creatures. They head back to the truck to leave the neighborhood. As they turn, they find their path barred by two more infected. Bruce hesitates to raise the gun. Riley grabs it from him and shoots one in the head while Frank whacks the other one with the shovel he grabbed from the garage. The three get in the truck and speed out of the neighborhood. One week later. Wow, two time jumps. What a treat. I wow, mean, Keith, that was quick. Damn. Keith, we just recently talked about Army of the Dead. Do you think we'll be better with our time constraints in this film? Ooh, yeah. Instead of <laughs> instead of 9 minutes. Many, hey, uh, yeah. How many how many how much time do we have until the nuke blows? Uh, 10 minutes, but it's about 30 minutes to get out of the blast zone, but somehow we'll still make it. Mm-hmm. How many minutes do we have left? 1 minute left. Come on, They're Zach. still in the city. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're better than Zach. The scene opens with three friends pulling into a gas station. Frank tells the friends to be quick. They don't want to be here too long. The three look different. They are dirty and their clothes are ripped and all have dry blood on them. Frank begins to fill up the truck while the other two keep watch around the perimeter. The two see one lone zombie walking down the road towards them. Riley raises the gun to shoot, but Bruce stops him saying the shot will be too loud and this isn't a good spot to be cornered. Bruce walks over to the infected and kills it with his baseball bat. So Bruce starts to walk back to the group when he notices something. He sees two figures walking down the road. One is carrying the other. Bruce yells that he's found survivors. So we can't do we can't do gunshots because it's too loud, but we see two people walking down the street and Bruce just starts yelling that he found survivors. <laughs> hey, are you guys survivors? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. They make it over to the two strangers. They look exhausted and tired. One is bleeding and has a long scratch down their leg. The other seems to be in good condition, and the only item they carry is a knife. Riley and Bruce help the injured person sit down while Frank talks to the other one. He learns that the two have been walking for the past two weeks. The two were ambushed by another group of survivors, and the only thing they were left with was a knife. When asked how his friend got hurt, all he says is it's a small wound that should heal soon. The group decides to drive down the road and make camp for the night. That night, everyone is awakened by the injured person moaning and jerking around on the ground. Frank says that they must be infected and they're going to have to kill it. The other survivor says no, they can't, and moves in front of his friend. All of a sudden, the new zombie reaches up and tears a chunk of skin out of his shoulder. Frank grabs the shovel from the truck and kills the zombie. Riley walks over to the bitten man. Bruce tells him to be careful because he is infected now. The bitten man tells the three friends to leave him before he hurts them. He thanks them for taking him in and doing the best they could to help the two. He says it's nice that there's still a little bit of good left in the world that's gone to shit. The man then asks Riley if he could borrow the gun for a second. Riley hands him the gun, saying he understands. The man tells the three friends to look away, and a gunshot is heard. And then we're immediately ambushed by all the zombies. <laughs> like, can you imagine? It's like, can I borrow your gun for a second? And then instead, the other guy just pulls out the bat and just starts whacking him. <laughs> and then Bruce yells, the survivors are dead. A few minutes of silence pass. Bruce says that they need to leave because the sound of the gunshot is going to attract more infected. Riley picks up the gun from the dead man's hand and the three climb into the truck. Frank says that from now on, they don't take in any survivors. It has to just be the three of them until they reach their families. Bruce starts to disagree, saying that they should try and help that ignoring people shouldn't be the answer. But Frank tells him that this is just the world they live in now. Riley backs up his brother. Bruce eventually comes. <laughs> to, I forgot they were siblings. Wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. What, a, I forgot about what that. a reveal! Yeah, Bruce eventually comes around, saying the three need to stay alive. Without each other, none of them stand a chance. Oh, here's here's a great part right here. They drive for an unknown amount of time and stop. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, they collect water from a stream nearby, and they decide to spend the rest of the night at a small clearing. Do you think they use this opportunity to clean the dried blood off of their dirty bodies while they're at the yeah, stream? Yeah, why are they so dirty? Like, just get in the stream or something. I don't know. They wake up to discover that they are running very low on food and supplies, and all of them hop into the car. <laughs> oh, I can't believe what was written next. And they have a hilarious improv conversation. <laughs> So we didn't want to be funny, so we just said, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> a fort in the distance comes into view. There is a sign that says, survivors. Bruce argues with Frank about stopping. They decide to risk it because there might be food. They find an old sleeping bag, a rifle, ashes from a fire, and six cans of food. 
There are streaks of blood and gore everywhere. They decide to take the supplies, assuming the person that lived there is long gone. A group of zombies stumble into the makeshift fort. They use the baseball bat again, a shovel, and the butt of the rifle to kill the zombies. For the first time, the three of them notice how raunchy the zombies smell. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Bruce makes a comment that we need water. We were, were we just, just in a stream. stream. <laughs> were we just <laughs> <in a> stream. <laughs> we forgot to get the water while we were there. Raunchy zombies. Wow, this is getting a little steamy. <laughs> yeah, this Raunchy. is where this is why it's rated R because of the sex with the zombies. The three continue driving until dark. They stop and roll out the sleeping bags and make a small fire on one side of the truck. They open up a can of beans and begin <laughs> cooking them over the fire. <laughs> I don't know why I lied. I just think can of beans sounds funny. The three strike up a conversation, and it seems that this this could take place on a normal summer evening. So what would we talk about? Hey, did you guys uh, download the new Macklemore song on your iPods? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Thrift Shop, man. Ah, Thrift Shop and Gangnam Style. Those really got us through our time at the lake. Little somebody that I used to know in there. God, those are my three favorite songs of all time. Unfortunately, I can't keep the three of them at the same time on my iPod Touch. I just don't have enough space on it. The screen goes dark and opens up with two sleeping, with one dozing off while apparently on watch. The fire is down to embers. The sound of cracking twigs is heard. The shadow on watch jolts up and wakes up the other two. They pick up the rifle, pistol, and shovel. Riley begins to walk around their makeshift camp when he sees two figures on the edge of the fire's light. He raises his gun and asks if they're infected and who they are. A girl and a kid walk into the light. They are both dirty, and their clothes are ripped. Riley yells to the other two... Stop yelling! ...that it's not the infected, but two survivors. Frank tells them they can come in, asking them if they were followed by any infected. The girl says no. They haven't seen hardly any infected since they left their hometown. She tells them that her and her brother are both really hungry, and that they've been walking for days. The girl is carrying a bloody crowbar. We could offer them a can of beans or two. Bruce gives the two some food and then the three step aside and talk about what to do. They decide that they can spend the following day at their camp, and they will decide if they are useful enough to keep along or if they will just be a burden. They walk back over to the two and find them already asleep. The next morning, the three wake up and begin rummaging through their meager supplies to find something to eat for breakfast. They realize that what they have is barely enough to feed the three of them. They look at the two new additions to their group and wonder how the hell they are supposed to feed them as well. Frank wakes up the kid and his sister and hands them a tiny amount of food, saying it's the best they can do at the moment. <laughs> so what do you think that we handed them, would you guess? I think it's a, a, a handful of uncooked beans, because the fire was on embers. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. Some, some crunchy raw beans. <laughs> <laughs> here's a bean for you, and here's a bean for you. The two are grateful and eat it quickly. The group of five then gather around the tiny fire that I guess we started again, and the two begin to share their story. They learn that their names are Kate and Tyler. Unlike the three friends, these kids' parents were killed by undead hordes right in front of them, and they barely escaped out of their hometown and then began walking towards the coast, hoping to make it to the safe zone alive. The three then begin to share their story of what happened during the one-week-later jump. Oh, that's kind of cool. The truck broke down because parts of the engines were stolen on their first night, and they were nearly overrun at their campsite and again in the auto store that they stole the new parts from. I do like the idea of uh, skipping the one week later part and then coming back to it. That's kind of cool in theory. I mean, this is this is a terrible script or outline yeah, for a garbage. movie, but uh, we've got we've got some little nuggets in here that are some cool ideas. 
I mean, keep in mind, we did write this when we were 16, 17, so, you know, we could probably polish it up now. Oh, for sure. Next year, for our two-year celebration, we'll have an actual version of this script to read. How about that? It becomes apparent that both groups have been through hell together and that they've had to adapt to this doomsday world. Story time is cut short, though, when Bruce notices some zombies headed towards their camp. They all begin to pack up their stuff and they jump in the truck. Kate picks up the rifle and begins shooting at the small group before anyone can stop her. Oh no, Kate, what were you thinking? Frank grabs the rifle from her and tells her the shots are only going to attract more. He angrily throws her in the bed of the truck and tells the two to get in. Keep in mind, we're constantly yelling, so it's not like this is any worse. I just want to make that clear. Uh, Bruce and Riley look surprised they're coming with, and Frank says they don't have a choice now. They can't just leave them to die. They take off down the road past the zombies that Kate was shooting at. Bruce notices that two of the infected were hit in the head. He points out that Kate is a pretty good shot. As they drive, Riley asks what they're going to do now. They need a game plan, he says. We need a game plan. Bruce says that they're going to need a lot more food and water now. Frank says nothing has changed. They'll follow the same rules and make it to the coast as quickly as they can. Frank also points out that they're going to need gas soon. They come upon a small town. They decide that they're going to enter a house and take as much food and supplies as they can. They find a house with the door unlocked and walk on in. The house is in shambles, and it is evident that there was a fight here. The group goes through the pantry and cabinets, taking whatever food is still good. They get out of the house and load up the truck with their newfound supplies. Bruce looks down the street and sees some infected walking towards them. The door of the house they just raided opens, and more infected start walking down the driveway. Frank tries to start the truck, but the engine won't turn over. Riley yells that they need to leave. We are constantly yelling. That's a good point, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Riley yells that they need to leave, or they are going to be surrounded. Frank yells back that they need gas. Bruce goes to the bed of the truck and tosses Kate the rifle. He grabs the bat and hands Riley the pistol. Kate tells Tyler to get in the truck and stay there. Frank says he is going to check the garage for a gas can and see if he can get enough to get the truck started. Bruce says that he and Kate will hold them off as best they can while Frank and Riley check the garage. Frank opens the garage and an infected hand reaches out and grabs Riley's foot. Riley falls and drops the pistol. Riley starts kicking the creature with his other foot while Frank grabs the pistol. Frank turns and shoots it in the head. He helps Riley up and the two enter the garage. They hear the shots of Kate's rifle and the thwacks of Bruce's bat coming from the outside. They see two gas cans sitting in the corner. They both run to them and pick them up. Luckily, they are both full. Ooh, thank God. It is lucky. All of a sudden, they hear Kate screaming. They sprint back to the truck to find four dead zombies and a few more headed towards them. Tyler is being grabbed by two of them. Riley and Frank drop the gas cans by the truck and run over to Tyler. The two kill the zombies, but it is already too late. He is bleeding, and it is evident that he has been bitten. Kate realizes what's happened and she begins to cry. She tells Tyler that she's really sorry and that she loves him. The screen goes black and the only thing heard is a gunshot. A lot of uh, black screens and single gunshots in this movie. Yeah, there will be more probably too. Uh, The next (laughs) scene opens up with the group of four standing over an unmarked grave. Wow, I wonder how (laughs) elaborate it is. (laughs) It sounds like it has a fucking tombstone based on that. The house was right next door to a morgue so that we found a couple tombstones (laughs) left over. 
Um, all three of the friends tell Kate that they are so sorry and that Tyler seemed like a nice kid and that they liked the way he ate beans, maybe. Um, <laughs> we don't know anything about him. Tyler has no lines of dialogue in this movie. She thanks them, but it's apparent the words don't do much. The three give her some space and talk off to the side. Frank asks Bruce what happened, and he tells them that Tyler got out of the truck and grabbed the crowbar to try and help fight, but he was just too small and was overpowered. They all get quiet for a few minutes. <laughs> we all get quiet for a few minutes while a moving song plays. Um, so, okay, what song do you guys think it should be? The Funeral by Band of Horses. Bittersweet Symphony by The <laughs> Okay, that's a good one. How about I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2? <laughs> oh, get some U2 in here. I like it. Frank then walks over to Kate and tells her it's time to go. They get back on the back roads and drive for a while. The opening scene then plays again. We're back. The three walk back to the truck, where Kate has been awakened by the gunshot. Frank tries to start the truck, but it's finally run out of gas. There's just enough battery for the air and radio to turn on. All of a sudden, they hear a broadcast come over the radio. There's a voice saying that if there's any survivors left in the area, they need to get to the docks as quickly as they can. Every time they send a team out to ferry survivors, it becomes more and more dangerous for the rescue crews. The voice says that there will be one more team going out in two days, and that will be the final one. You have two days, message repeats. I do like the idea of just the rescue and like emergency response teams just going, nope, it's too hard. We give up. <laughs> See you <Yeah>. later. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The truck engine dies. The group grabs what they can carry and checks the map. They find that they are 30 miles away. A little optimistic. They believe they can make it. They look way down the road and see a mass of zombies following them. They realize they must have heard the gunshot from the earlier encounter. They start walking faster and eventually break into a jog, doing what they can to put as much distance between them and the horde before nightfall. The group cuts off from the road into the woods and decides to make camp for the night. They don't make a fire and have a sleepless night in the woods. The next morning, they check the map and see that they only have 10 miles to cover until they reach the coastal town and safety. The next scene shows the survivors entering a coastal town. They all relax when they realize they've made it. They begin talking and joking with each other. Happy music plays. All right, guys, we got another musical choice here. What's our happy music? Well, hold on. Before that, we have to... What joke is going to... It says that we're laughing and joking with each other. So what's the joke that breaks the tension, do you think? Uh, too bad Tyler is not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tyler would have loved this place. They have lobster roll. Hey, what's up? What? Chicken butt. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, so now the happy music that plays. What what song are we going to have in, like, as we can be seen laughing and joking with each other? Happy by Pharrell Williams. <laughs> 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 Little do we know at the time, that's actually what you meant. Uh, there's going to be a song in a few years called Happy, and that will play. What about, what do you think, Keith? What should it be? Lovely Day by Bill Withers. What about Here Comes the Sun by George Harrison? Oh, I like <laughs> And the that Beatles. Idea. Here comes the sun. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> they turn a corner, though, and find a huge mass of zombies. The music cuts off, and everyone gets quiet, and they have to revisit their private fears, I guess. The group stares for a few minutes, a little in shock. The zombies all start moving towards them, and the group turns to sprint away. Riley sees a parking garage and yells for the group to head for the roof. The next scene shows the group running atop the garage. 
They hear the moaning of the zombies from below, and they see a few cars on the roof and roll them to make a makeshift barricade. Wow, I guess we're pretty strong. They then wait. Slowly, zombies come around the corner and bang against the cars. They pick off the first few and decide to save their ammo. They move to the edge of the garage and see a door. They try to open it, but it's locked. They wait the night out, listening to the moans of the undead, and the next morning they wake and find the mass has grown even more. A few begin to pile over the cars and start to move towards the group. Kate and Riley start shooting, and Bruce throws his body against the door trying to get it open. Frank picks up his shovel and gets ready to hit the approaching zombies. Riley and Kate run out of ammo just as Bruce gets the door open. They all grab their bags and run down the stairs, followed by the zombies. The undead screams echoes down the stairs as they run. They bust out of the garage and begin to sprint down the road towards the docks. It's a long run through the town and they eventually lose the zombies. They run through the residential areas and finally make it to the docks. They set their gear on the beach and find a sign on the edge of the dock saying the boats have left. No, they say. They were too late. Kate walks to the beach to grab their bags and the last shot is the three friends standing on the dock in silence. (laughs) (laughs) With their private fears. (laughs) We should just call it private fears. Under pressure is out, private fears is in. Under pressure, semicolon, private fears. Mmm, that's good. Cut to black. The last thing heard is Kate scream. The credits roll. Wow, will there be a sequel? God, I hope so. All right, guys, as we've kind of stated in the intro, uh, it's been a long time since we wrote this script. What did you think doing a little table read all these years later? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on our writing abilities back in high school? Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to revisit and go back through it. I mean, at that time, we were playing, we were watching The Walking Dead. We were playing Left 4 Dead. So we had a lot of zombie, and Zombieland had come out as well, like a year or two earlier. So we had a lot of zombie influence to kind of go off of. Keith, I know for a fact you and I had just recently experienced 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. Yes, true. We did. And I'm, I'm sure during that time period, we also rewatched the, the Donna Dead remake as well. I mean, Keith, there was a night where you literally drove through a hurricane in Houston to come over and watch a zombie movie at my house. No, that was me. I was going to say, that was yeah, me. Yeah, no, that was Matt. Yeah. Oh, that Keith was yeah. never. Keith never came back. <laughs> yeah, we watched 28 days and then 28 weeks later in one sitting. Yeah. That's right, yeah, because your parents were out of town, I think, right? And we just like were at your house like three days straight. <laughs> Pretty much. Basically, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are going to start closing out this little one-year anniversary episode, but of course... We love to give out awards on this show. Uh, We got to do the Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is a segment where we give an award to anything in this episode. Keith always starts us off. Keith, do you have an award for Under Pressure or just the Arnie's Podcast as a whole? As far as Under Pressure goes, I'm going to go ahead and give it the best original script of the year award. Wow. Um, You know, it's been in development hell for all these years. Uh, maybe maybe we'll finally get it to the big screen. As for me, I'm going to give the Silence Award to Private Fears. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time in this movie being silent and alone with our private fears. I think it's important in, uh, in your daily lives to have quiet time to reflect upon some of your fears and maybe some of your triumphs of the day. I'm going to give the award to the three of us for most ambitious because we thought we could get multiple songs uh, licensed for this film. I also think the reason we made you two brothers is because we figured we could only convince 
like two of the three of our sets of parents saw this film in the house. <laughs> really? There yeah. was a reasoning behind that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I it can't remember. Well, we can't go to. We can't. Yeah, I think we, we said like we can't go to three houses. It's too much. We can only, like let's only go to two. So let's just make <laughs> you guys brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. There you go. All right, everybody. Well, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that, so we can continue to grow the show. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We will be back next week for another new movie. It's time to break down The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Spooky. Um, yeah, guys, stay tuned. Uh, we have tons of great content coming up. It's going to be super exciting. Cannot wait for our, officially now, I guess, our second year of podcasting. So super exciting. If you loved or hated the script we just read, it's all about zombies. And we just talked about Zack Snyder's zombie film, Army of the Dead. Check that out too. Yeah, check us out on Instagram at the Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and upcoming episodes. And please look forward to our new bonus series coming up. Uh, we will be following Loki. The show will be coming out every Wednesday and our episodes reviewing them will be coming out every Friday. All right, everybody. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. See ya.